Hello everyone, I'm James from the Done Right Podcast and you're watching the New Right Network. We will have a rather cool episode for you today, but first make sure that if you haven't already subscribed, head on over to nrnplus.com slash dr to subscribe to the New Right Network and help support independent conservative media. Without further ado, let's start the show. If you haven't already guessed from the intro, today's episode is about Disney. But James, isn't this normally a political show? What does Mickey Mouse have to do with things like fracking and Joe Biden outside of gas prices not being so... Hakuna Machina! What a wonderful phrase! Hakuna Machina! Ain't no passing craze! Bear with me, though. I know for Disney fans to openly critique Disney is the worst thing a, dis- a conservative can do since Bambi got shot. All right, that's it. Dishonor. Dishonor on your whole family. Make a note of this. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Dis- Stop. While we're on the subject, can we talk about whoever killed Bambi's mom left that absolutely beautiful trophy rack that was Bambi's dad? Maybe it was a liberal that killed Bambi's mom. It wouldn't be the first time that a Disney character was killed by a liberal so i don't get it you uncultured swine what are you looking at you hockey puck speaking of cancel culture the best way that you can support conservatives against shadow bans and cancel culture is to comment 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 so we'll put this question in the comments below what is your favorite disney movie or if you don't have a favorite disney movie what's an awesome disney moment that you've had Now, before everybody thinks I'm just this heartless conservative, I grew up in the heart of Disney Renaissance era with Disney Channel original movies, Lion King, Hercules, Lilo and Stitch, and The Emperor's New Groove. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. The only reason that I'm covering these stories is I believe that no one is covering it correctly and it is extremely important. So please watch the end and do not take this out of context. Now that I'm done with my Dory moment, back to business. Disney has entered the political news lately with some headlines dealing with cancel culture. The first and most obvious case is with Gina Carano. If you've been living under a rock or under the sea, I was singing here. Gina Carano was fired from Lucasfilms, the studio that puts out Star Wars, which is a subsidiary of Disney. The incident that led to her firing was rather strange. To paraphrase the tweet, which I'll put up on the screen, Gina Carano was compared concentration camps to modern day culture and that they were not the first step in the Holocaust. She pointed out it is important to realize how we are treating one another and not to dehumanize anyone because of their beliefs. Sounds pretty reasonable, right? Wrong. 
Disney called these tweets horrid and obscene and immediately terminated Gina Carano from the hit show, The Mandalorian. Wait, James, didn't Pedro Pascal make similar tweets? He certainly did, that one guy that watches my show regularly. Thanks again, Steve. I'll put, up, I'll put it up on the screen, but Pedro also put up this tweet comparing the crisis at the southern border to Nazi Germany concentration camps. He also compared Trump supporters to Confederates and Nazi Germany with a tweet that read, losers are losers. Jack Morrissey, a Disney producer, had some horrid tweets referring to the Covington kids. You know those ones that were involved in the field trip with a MAGA hat situation? He put in a comic that read, MAGA kids head first into the wood chipper. None of these were met with condemnation or demands for apologies from the left. Should these guys be fired from their jobs? Absolutely not. I'm 100% against cancel culture. Although I obviously disagree with their position, if Disney is going to have a standard of free speech, I think it just should be enforced equally across all party lines. But this is where things get interesting. Disney recently stated that Disney is neither liberal nor conservative. The facts simply just do not support that. In the 2020 election cycle, of the $19.6 million that Disney organizations, executives, and employees gave to political causes, 82% went to Democrats, and 17% went to Republicans. Now, if you're like me, my inner jock was like, well, I guess I'll just find something else, like sports, to get away from this. Unfortunately, this trend is almost across all Disney subsidiaries. If you didn't already know, Disney owns most of the major networks that show live sports to include Hulu, ABC, Big Sky Network, ESPN, and Fox Sports. If you want to escape even further, it will be hard because Disney also owns History Channel, Lifetime, A&E, and FX. That's right. Archer is a Disney princess. You heard it here first. Just Seriously, Lana, call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone uh, from Top Gun. Just be careful. No. There are only three organizations that did not give more money to liberal candidates. Disneyland employees, Disney World employees, and Marvel Studios edged out with 52% of the funds going to conservatives. Alone? Nope. I'm putting together a team. It's me, you, and the big guy. No, no team, only Hulk! It's me and you. I think it's only you. American people aren't stupid. For Disney to tell us that they are not left-leaning is a slap in the face of reality. There is nothing wrong with a film company that is left-leaning. Predominantly, the arts have been dominated by more people on the left. There is nothing wrong with a company being left-leaning at all. But it is important to know the sphere of influence that Disney has on culture and the media. Why is it important that Disney owns everything? According to Disney's own history on Walt Disney, Disney started out his journey into the movie industry with nothing but the clothes on his back and hope for a better future. It took a lot of rejection, but Walt was able to finally land his first big break with Oswald, an eerily similar looking bunny to Steamboat Willie. Disney then went to follow up his success with more Oswald and found out he had been bamboozled into signing away the rights to Oswald from his distributor. Just like the origins to every Disney villain story, Walt vowed never to be made a mockery again and thus put a high priority on Disney retaining the rights to all of their intellectual property. This culture continued when Disney started buying the rights for classic fairy tales like Little Mermaid, Snow White, and Pinocchio. Disney has a powerful hand on the culture of America through rich storytelling. They make us love their characters and invest in stor their stories. That's why cinematic franchises like Marvel have been much more successful than their rivals, Warner Brothers DC, 
Disney's biggest weapon has been something called intertextuality. Intertextuality is a phrase that refers to one's passage, meaning being affected by another passage. Disney, when they buy the rights to stories like Pinocchio, they often are changing the story. Oftentimes, the version becomes so wildly popular that the original versions become lost and obscure. Pinocchio's original theme was about young men reaping what they sow. In the Italian rendition, Pinocchio runs off to the circus, smokes, drinks, and acts like a hooligan. As a result, he becomes hung and beaten from a tree. Yikes, right? In The Little Mermaid, Ariel sells her soul for legs that feel like someone is stabbing her each time she walks. She does not marry Prince Eric, who instead runs off with another girl. In the end, the moral is not to change who you are to gain the pleasure of someone else. Now, these aren't necessarily stories that we want to market to little kids. Now, as pressure mounts from the woke community, Disney has caved to the demands of liberal cancel culture. This is where things can get dangerous for the culture if not properly checked. Have you ever noticed that Disney keeps a cute, aesthetic, rounded faces, big, giant eyes, dainty hands? Even baby Mike Wazowski has me going, aww. Michael, I didn't see you. That's okay. When I was on the bus, I found a nickel. I wish I had pockets. And he's supposed to be a monster that scares kids. There is even a reason that Disney does this and is very successful in doing it. A study has shown that the nucleus incumbens, the cortex of the brain that is associated with pleasure and the release of pleasure chemicals such as serotonin is stimulated by cute and cuddly stuff. Researchers show this is because of a built-in survival instinct that we do not kill our young. Oddly, overly, oddly, overcuteness can actually cause a reaction in the brain that makes you want to hug something so hard and kill it. So there is a sweet spot for this kind of stuff. The same thing happens when you watch a Disney film. Each one of them becomes a giant serotonin dump into your brain and you could actually get addicted to cuteness. There's even a cute cat casino game that was banned because it was giving an additional serotonin dump into the brain on top of the serotonin dump that gamblers were feeling at the moment of the risk. Why is this so important to politics and culture? If we combine those serotonin dumps with political messages, the brain will associate that political message with a good feeling in the brain. This is like that episode where the office where Jim feeds Dwight a mint at the sound of his computer shutting down. The serotonin release from the mint accompanied with the sound causes Dwight to salivate and crave a mint after being learned behavior. This has to be a conspiracy theory, right? Unfortunately, we are not too far off from Disney using serotonin dumps to push political agendas. We saw recently with one of my favorite movies, Marvel's Avengers Endgame, in the middle of that serotonin dump where Captain America grabs a hammer and they're passing around the Infinity Gauntlet. Disney introduced a scene that was very pro-feminist. In this very cringe scene, the female group implies that they do not need the help from Spider-Man because they have the help from all the Lady Avengers. To an adult, this scene was obvious and flopped. But to an undeveloped mind in the middle of a serotonin dump, this scene will likely be associated with a happy feeling. Fortunately, so far, the worst that has only happened is a girl power scene. But if Disney caves more into the left's demands, like when they insisted putting a lesbian kiss in the background of a Star Wars, things can get more out of hand. Do I think Disney is some evil empire that is out to take over the world with mind control tactics and teach our kids the leftist agenda? No. I personally think some of Disney's content, especially the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is amazing. I think that it is important, though, for us to keep an eye on this kind of power, just as we would with the government or any authority with immense power.
It is important to remember that super companies like Disney are not immune to a little pushback as well from their fans. We saw this with the almost canceling of Spider-Man from the MCU. Outside of that, you'll still catch me on opening nights at Marvel movies or eating Dole Whip at Disneyland while riding Indiana Jones for the thousandth time and making me frankly want to throw up. But But what do you guys think? Does Disney have too much power? Is this something that we should be worried about? But before we go, make sure that you go onto our social on your social media of choice and follow us on there. Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, Twitter, search Done Right, D-U-N-N Right Show, Done Right Podcast, and make sure you give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, and we'll keep putting out more content every Monday. And thank you everybody for stopping by.